Okay. Here we are again. Round two. This episode is going to have bad words in it. So cover your ears. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. We're actually doing this again. Yeah. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about burnout, specifically of the YouTuber variety. At least that'll be our starting point. And I got inspired just thinking about this topic because while we were driving across the country, I was listening to some podcasts specifically with Boogie2988, a very famous YouTuber. And he was talking about Elle Mills. And Elle Mills is this, like, I think she's 19, crazy upstart YouTube, talented. Like, I can't even believe the, the, the videos she makes. But her and quite a few people. Oh, yeah. Remember, you're supposed to, like, talk a lot. She got really big really fast. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because Casey Neistat and a bunch of other people were, like, promoting her. Yeah. And I didn't really think much of her, but I just started watching her videos again just in light of the mm-hmm. burnout thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, this girl's talented. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's been a thing lately where a lot of YouTubers have got burned out. <clears throat> and we're YouTubers. Mm-hmm. I don't think of myself as a YouTuber. We're small town YouTubers. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we've experienced, we can relate to some of this. And yeah. maybe we'll just try and address how we can relate to this in our lives because I think it might apply to almost every person out there in a way. But let's roll one of these clips from Elle's video. And this is, I'm going to post the links to all of these YouTube videos in somewhere. Maybe these podcast descriptions. I'm not sure how that stuff works yet, but. She In her video, she, she asked this question. She said, what would you do if you achieved your lifelong dream faster than you expected? It's not what I expected. I'm constantly alone, always unhealthily stressed, and always feel this overwhelming pressure. My life just changed so much so fast. My anxiety and depression keep getting worse and worse. I'm crazy for you. I started getting panic attacks and starting to scare me. I'm literally just waiting for me to hit my breaking point. This is all I ever wanted. And why the fuck am I so fucking unhappy? It's, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. You know what I mean? Because, like, this is literally my fucking dream. And I'm fucking so unfucking happy. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. Okay, that's a little dramatic, but maybe it's not. It's real to her. So you have this 19-year-old girl that got everything that she ever wanted, and she got it very quickly. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of her real-time reaction. Yeah. What do you think about that? Hmm... I just think being a YouTuber is different than any other celebrity in the in history because it's you're you're like pressured to keep making content content day after day after day. 
So there's like no break. Like you can't go and hide. I don't know. It's different. Plus, you used to have to work for it. I mean, like the Beatles, how many thousands of hours did they practice before they became big? And Tom Cruise, like there's only so many Tom Cruises, but anyone can be a YouTuber now. And I don't think fame is like black or white. Like I think a lot of people have a certain degree of fame. Yeah. Yeah, what is it? There's like A-listers, B-listers. I don't even know what that what, what that even means but we were a-listers on the at <laughs> but then in regular world we we're, became or y-listers why yeah i was trying to think so what she says though is i think in the beginning of this clip she was really kind of shocked because she got everything that she wanted and she was unhappy but so she had this expectation that if i get what i want I'm going to be happy. Which I, I feel like I had that yeah. in my life a lot. Yeah. Probably there's two huge things. And I consider these one of the biggest advantages of our life is that I got what I thought would make me happy early on. Mm-hmm. And it's a son of a bitch because two things happened to me. One was I got disappointed very quickly. I was like, oh, that was that. That was what I really wanted. But... It helped me realize, I think, that the thing I wanted was somewhat false. So I have this little quote here. I want to read this because I think it applies, even though it might trigger Cammy here. Uh, this is by Oswald Chambers. And the quote says, if your hopes are being disappointed, it means they are being purified. So that's kind of saying, like, if you're like disappointment is actually a good thing in certain contexts, because if. Like, well, let me tell you my two stories. Mm-hmm. Um, the first was money. So I was planning on being a missionary, like a broke-ass missionary, dying in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And in my early 20s, I started playing blackjack. And I remember the first time I made like, it was like $60,000 in a year. And I couldn't believe it. And then the next year I made like $100,000. And... And well, within within that decade, there was years uh, through my business startup where I made a million dollars a year. And I had never ever thought I could own a million dollars my entire life, much less make a million dollars in a year. So it felt like I should have made it, but it was the most stressed out season of my life. I remember I had a life insurance plan. We had more debt than ever. I was fatter than ever. And I was really kind of confused because while I had rejected money all my life, I had thought, well, if I ever get it, which I never will, but if I ever do, I won't have to worry about shit. Because people with money, they can, you know, you can, Mm. I remember just thinking we could go on vacation whenever we want, but it wasn't, I wasn't happy then. Mm. It was really a disappointing thing. And the second thing for me was we went to the documentary release of Holy Rollers, Mm -hmm. the true story of card cutting Christians available on (laughs) amazon.com. I think, actually I have no idea. Dot com. And I went to the theater. So this was a documentary about the blackjack team that I started. And I went to the theater for its release date, which is actually the last time I ever saw this. <laughs> and this girl named Christy came up to me and I said, oh my gosh, Christy, you're here. And she's like, because I hadn't seen her in five years. And she goes, of course I'm here. You're famous now. 
And I just felt so gross because I was like, oh, that's how this famous thing works. Like when before I was quote unquote famous, you didn't give two shits about me. Hmm. Now that I'm famous, you want to be around me. But not really around really you, just the fame. Yeah, just because it makes her look cool for a night or a day or when she's talking on current events or whatever. I don't know. Right. So those were the two things for me. When I got a certain degree of fame, I was like very disappointed or money. And that's why, you know, when we were hiking the Appalachian Trail and people on YouTube or or, it wasn't YouTube. It was actually like these fucking uh, internet forums. I don't even want to. No, not that one. I don't even want to say its name. But uh, people are like, oh, these guys are just uh, looking for a reality TV show or they're just trying to get famous. Dang it, the AC just came on. You talk for a second. I'm going to turn it off. Okay. Well, fame. It's a son of a bitch, apparently. <laughs> That's all you had to say. <laughs> okay. Hey, don't diss. <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to a guy named Boogie2988 had a response in regards to all of these people burning out, and this is what he had to say. But I'll remind everybody of the very old adage, uh, be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it, and it may not be what you wanted, and it may not be what you needed, um, and sometimes, almost always, there's a catch. And I think a lot of people equate this problem uh, to money. You gotta keep in mind, not every YouTuber is rich and a lot of YouTubers are still working paycheck to paycheck. For those who aren't and they've eliminated money as a problem, a lot of the YouTubers I'm gonna talk about today have eliminated money as a problem. If you know anything about life by now, you know that when you eliminate one problem, four or five other problems crop up in its place. I think our our culture sells this lie that says if you become famous you will feel really good about yourself I think and I think I've bought into that in a lot of ways and I'm trying to like unlearn or to not believe that but it's really easy to get swept up in that which can we say that to a certain degree that's true like yeah. For example, we were on the Appalachian Trail and everyone, when I say everyone, I really mean like 80% of people that were on the trail knew who we were because of our videos. And they would say something like, oh my gosh, you're the Crawfords. Yeah. And it felt really cool. Yeah. You most felt of the time. significant. Like, oh, I must be doing something great in the world because you know me, you are excited about me. I'm important. I'm important. Yeah. So there is a part of it that was really nice. Yeah. In a very limited sense, though, I think. Yeah, because at the end of the day, these people don't really know you. And, you know, I've never been famous, but I, I guess I could imagine that, like, you would feel alone because, you know, maybe maybe you, some famous people are lucky enough to have people that really care about them and know them. But... And that's what I think I, I realized on the trail is these people. I remember, what was it? When we were climbing Katahdin, somewhere weird, right in the end, some guy goes, oh, wow, you're one of the top two most famous people on the trail, second to Pappy. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, you have this all graphed out in your head. I was like, wait a second. No, 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 no. We're the first. It was really bizarre. (laughs) But yeah, people would take a selfie with us. And part of it is like super cool. I think we inspire people and they are inspired and they like us and we like them and it's great. But then there's a whole other dark side to fame, which is they're just using us and like i guess maybe you put it the best way that they, they don't really care about us they might like our product mm-hmm. and they might like how we made them feel for a second like because mm-hmm. in their minds we're important so when they're around us they're important and this is we're using us as an example but i think this is true with a, a lot more true of a lot of other people and i can't even imagine what it's like like for example casey neistat he was one of my heroes and in one of his podcasts he was recently talking about how difficult it is to deal with uh, all these people that want to come up and take selfies with him. Like, he can't go anywhere in New York mm-hmm. without people wanting to take a selfie with you. Which, at first, to someone from some podunk <laughs> town, that must sound, like, really cool. And it's like, you have no right to complain because everyone likes you. But when you actually live that, and you can't go anywhere without the whole population, like, jamming up your day just so they can have mm-hmm. their moment with a star. Yeah. And that's who you are to them. You're just a star. You're not a person. Yeah, they don't really want to know you. In fact, other times on the trail, someone would say like, "Oh, I really like that part on the video," and I would actually start like responding and talking about it, and they'd like cut me off because like they didn't actually care about what I thought. Yeah, they but the video created some moment for them that they were excited about. Or not every time. Sometimes when people wanted a picture, it felt kind of gross. Like it just felt like it did. It felt like they were using us for something, and so with someone who's even more famous i can't imagine like that kind of th- that what what that would feel and i, every, I think like the, every day the kids re- the kids sense that there were some people where people were like asked to take our picture and they would just they were like begrudgingly you know do it and if you ask to get your picture taken with us on the at chances are this is not you and we don't mind yeah like it's not the, the picture's not the point no but, no but when when people didn't see us as people, I, I feel like we got off topic and we're talking about fame fame instead fame. of, we're supposed to be talking about what, burning out. Oh, yeah. But that, she got burned out, not just because of the fame, but I think that fueled it, probably. I mean, I even in our smaller sense, way smaller sense with our channel, uh, you know, I, I just, I would feel that pressure like, oh, we need to keep making a product. Like, I don't want to lose our followers or subscribers or whatever the hell you call them. So I think people are, this is how we got off track. People are working their asses off because mm-hmm. you said fame's not great. And I said, well, there, it actually does feel nice. There is a benefit to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's working her ass off to get this thing. And then she gets this thing and she realizes it actually wasn't worth it. Mm. So all these 60-hour weeks, 80-hour weeks, and this is what she's doing, and we've done at times, and you get the thing that you thought was, like, essentially priceless. Mm-hmm. It was this kind of, like, golden trophy at the end. And you're like, that actually was not worth it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know what to do with your life. Because you achieved your top you goal. Worked, you worked so hard to get this thing that you thought would make you happy forever. Mm-hmm. And then... You're there. And I actually think that's a saving grace. Like can be. It can be because a, a lot of people's thing is um, actually at the end of their life. Yeah. Like they're trying to um, work towards some golden retirement where they picture, uh, 
you know, not having to work and their life on the beach. And I think those people actually get just as disappointed, but it takes them a lot longer. Hmm. So that's where I think... their life is already lived. I think I was really lucky to to experience these things in my early 30s. Yeah. So I I had time to kind of like rethink and redirect my life towards what I think is more satisfying now. Some people aren't able to do that, though. I mean, I hope she can do that. But some people probably hit that and then fall into such a deep dark place you know unless they find something that's significant for them you know i don't know i don't know you just have this like energy of you this positive energy that you're always giving off to others and like i never thought that you were going through something like that you never really speak about it to anyone that's Elle's friends yourself kind of so does that make you upset that i keep it to myself and then just broadcast that online yes yeah yeah it does what I struggle with is dealing with that vulnerability that I put out online in person, face to face. It just exceeds the very limited amount of vulnerability I'm comfortable with. Which is why I often just make videos about how I feel. And I tend to open up about my darkest shit with friends that all share a single thing in common. They're nowhere near me. Hmm. So the context of that, I should have shared ahead of time, but all these friends are telling her over. It's like, uh, what's the thing called? Not iChat, but uh, FaceTime. Like how disappointed they are because she doesn't really share her feelings with them. She's kind of a distant person. But then on her videos, she's super transparent. Which is kind of the opposite. A lot of times, usually it's uh, people are really fake on their videos. So that's kind of interesting, but I think she has both. But I can really relate to that, mm-hmm. and I think that could be tied to her burnout because faking it takes a lot of work. Mm. I think twice as much work as just being yourself. Yeah, and a lot of our my life was spent faking it, and even now on YouTube, <clears throat> I can't really tell what's fake or not. All I know is when I turn the camera on, I act a certain way. And it's different than in real life mm-hmm. because there's a format you have to fit. That's one of the reasons why I'm excited about this podcast. I think we can be more real in this podcast. For some reason, sitting here, I feel like I'm talking to you yeah, instead of a camera. And I, I just feel like... That might be helpful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually excited about that. But I also know it's easier to talk to a camera than it is real people oftentimes. And even though real people are listening to it on the other end, like sometimes I think... Oh, man, I couldn't tell us my parents. <coughs> but my dad actually <laughs> listen, watches the vlog, so I know yeah. he's going to hear about it. But it's not like an instant feedback. Yeah, I'm not going to see yeah. his like frown, not that he would, but yeah, I don't have to. It's less vulnerable to share with thousands of people instead of right. one person oftentimes. Yep. And... You know, that's, I guess, what I'm sensing as one of the themes of her and a lot of people. I mean, we did a, a vlog on uh, prank versus prank like a long time ago, and they talked about how much pressure there was just to be positive in videos. Mm. Right, because you're having a shitty day. You have to like put that, you know, hide that somehow, <laughs> put on a happy face. Which I think just takes a lot of work. And what's kind of ironic about this um, <clears throat> video that she makes, uh, there's two cl- two videos I'm taking clips from, is 
she ends it this way. When I first started making videos, I used to make these little music videos with my friends and family. So I thought, why not just bring it back to the start? Oh, baby! Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little. So why don't you just meet me in the middle? <laughs> okay. That's all I can handle that. But so it's just this like, if you can picture this, it's one of those like montage clips where there's like all these people laughing and smiling and spraying each other with silly string. And there's like slow motion clips. And right when that music comes in, there's like confetti coming down the screen. I mean, it's like super positive vibes. Hashtag positive vibes. <laughs> it reminds me of like those Devin Super Tramp videos. Have you seen those? There, it's like these people, it's like, infinite spring break it's all these teenagers and they're like going to all this like rock music and going on these inner tubes in slow motion with these hot chicks and bikinis and laughing and smiling and slow motion all the time mm. and it's really mm. fake yeah fake <laughs> okay this isn't gonna be a fun podcast if you <laughs> just say the last word i say and whisper it Where's that? It's right. Thing. Oh wait, you gotta go this way. And then you're looking for that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right, keep going. Well, I think our vlog is fake, in a way. Yeah. Because. You yeah, know. because you can't show like. I'm able to show a certain amount of vulnerability, but and then there's some that I can't. I just am not unable to or don't want to or something. So, but if you were a fly on the wall, you'd see it all, right? Yeah. But we just turn on the camera when we want to. Well, and the slow motion stuff with peppy music, oh my gosh, it sells. People love it. I mean, in fact, I was watching her video and I was like, hell yeah, I want all these <laughs> moments with friends. I mean, they're all smiling, but yeah, you never see how much work went into making that video to get that like four second smile. Mm -hmm. So maybe besides being fake, maybe a better way to put it is it's an incomplete picture and it's like a cartoon. It's just like a part. <laughs> of a whole but you're not seeing yeah you're not seeing the whole person and that's where like our videos for the Appalachian Trail they were put to this snappy music and if I was watching the video I would think the Appalachian Trail and our experience was this snappy fun thing and even though we say it's hard like we it's hard to show that it's hard because the way it's hard is by walking for 161 straight days and if we were to like film for 161 straight days <laughs> no one could watch it because it'd be so hard and boring yeah but that's actually how it was like right. it was just like long right and hard and boring and i could film saying this is hard but the, no one will buy that media format where you show these like three minute clips of just our feet moving yeah. and dust which probably is because most people who come to YouTube want to just be entertained. Just fair, but I mean, that's why. <laughs> so burnout. Um, 
I man, I I feel like we haven't really felt that much with our channel lately. There there was moments on the AT where I think it was just it was a lot of work. Yeah. But I, I did believe in it. Well, I think we felt when we were done with the trail, I think we felt like, okay, let's take a break from video videoing yeah. for like a month. And then after that, I felt like we got a little bit more energy and here we are doing a podcast. But so. So we have six minutes. I want to talk about Shabbat because I think this is our cure for burnout. Yeah. And for those of you that aren't familiar, Shabbat um, means rest in Hebrew. And it's like what people call Sabbath in uh, other languages, I suppose. And it's one of the Ten Commandments is to observe this day. And it's a Jewish tradition. It's a tradition our our family started celebrating about ten years ago. And... There's all sorts of different ways to celebrate it, but we do it once a week from Friday night to Saturday night, and it's a physical thing. So we have some traditions around that where we stop working and we make a fancy meal Mm. and we watch a movie and sleep in and have an awesome breakfast and have awesome sex and eat donuts. Cammie is more excited about the donuts. Generally, I'm more excited about the sex. Like how you're saying we have awesome sex, <laughs> which is maybe true sometimes, but it's not like a given. We have we carve out time for that, and we and it does feel like we have more headspace for it. Okay, let me put it this way: it's the best sex we have in the entire week. That may be true. And I think lately, I mean in the last three or four years, it's actually been awesome sex. Yeah, probably because we have put a lot of energy just to put it first on that day. Yeah. And we wear our pajamas all day and things like that. <clears throat> but it's not just a physical thing because what we started to um, realize once we started trying to take a day off completely of work, because you start asking these questions, well, first of all, what's work? Right. You know, am I? And, and the Jews go nuts with this stuff, by the way. Yeah. They're like, okay, you can't push an elevator button. So all the elevators in Jerusalem or Israel, they stop on every freaking floor for this one day. It's called like Shabbat mode. It's really weird. (laughs) And then they say, okay, well, you can't flush the toilet or turn on the light. So everything goes into like this weird Shabbat mode. But But it's really about your heart. Like, Like what are you doing in your heart that trying to earn, trying to be like good enough? So those are the things that we believe we need to take a break from yeah and when i say need i don't mean otherwise god's going to be angry at you but we actually need it for our own soul because it's it's really a huge reminder that who i am as a person is not based upon this thing that i'm doing which when it's going great is really feels kind of nice but as l mills kind of concluded she even went a little too great and she actually accomplished the mission Mm -hmm. she like set out she set out to do this work i want to be a professional awesome youtuber she did it, mm-hmm. and then she was like, "Even the best work was not. It's it's not good enough to form a basis for our identity of who we are. Yeah, it's still very fragile. Yeah. So taking a break from work altogether for us has been the ultimate reminder that we are not our work, and I think that's what saves us from burning out because." 
work is a slave driver. When you're trying to achieve that thing that you think will make you happy. And for me, it wasn't fame, I don't think, like what I worked really hard towards. I worked really hard towards uh, success with money, building businesses, and getting to an idea of like completion or, um, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe like size in business. Mm-hmm. Or making people happy. I think that was important mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. But at some point I realized it was never going to end. Like, I don't know. Like there was no ceiling. Like no one was ever going to be fully happy with me. Yeah. And it was never enough because, like I just remember at one point I had these clients where they're paying me for these like $80,000 projects and I thought I had to like do everything for them. In fact, one of my biggest clients I failed and mm-hmm. I worked my hardest on and it was like really hard for me. Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, <clears throat> yeah. taking a break for one day is much more than that one day. It actually redefines the other six days of like why we work. Yeah. So if you're not working to fulfill your ultimate identity, you need to find another reason, which I think is actually a much better reason. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned next week to find out what that reason is because we're not going to tell you right now. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to say about that? Nope. All right. Well, then, do you know what time it is? It is time to go to the phone lines and hear some questions. Hey team, I was just curious about your thoughts on your kids going to college. Um, Just because of how the homeschooling environment is with your family, I'm just wondering if you guys promote college or what that kind of future learning looks like for your college age kids. All right. Um... I do not promote college. Yeah, I wouldn't say we promote college, but we also won't discourage it if one or more of our kids want to pursue college. Yeah, I think it's like a crazy uh, gamble to say in this day and age that investing, let's just say, $40,000 on the low end uh, and the opportunity cost of what a child could be learning like recommending that as a basis for every child mm-hmm. is more gambling than anything I ever did in casinos. I know that. Yeah. Um, but for a child that is like knows what they want to do and and not just based on a feeling, but actually has maybe some experience in a field where they're like, yeah, this is a good bet, then mm-hmm. I, I'm totally all for what I would more consider jumping through that hoop. Or in some cases, college probably is the best way to learn some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would support that. Hi there, guys. I'm not sure how to do this, so this is my first time. This is um, our first time, too. But I'm curious, to, and I, I tried to put this on, on the uh, Instagram, too, but I'm, I'm curious if you've not- noticed any change in yourselves or the kids since y'all hiked the trail and what kind of changes have have you seen and also um i've watching other people who've who've done the appalachian trail and everything after a while they mentioned how much they have started missing the trail and um, 
Well, like Dixie's gone on to, she's about to finish the uh, uh, Continental Divide. But I'm, I'm wondering if, if yourselves or if if the, you, the kids, have anyone started missing uh, the trail? And how, how's... Oh, he got cut off because he tried to go past a minute. It's funny that he asked that today because... I didn't tell you, but I was sitting, I was laying in bed today and I was just, I had this like longing for the trail that I haven't had since we really? stopped. I, I don't, I still don't think I'm ready to like hike again, but <clears throat> whatever he was just describing, I'm like, oh yeah, it came back to me today. What is it? Six, seven <coughs> weeks since we've ended. Wow. But <clears throat> okay, so he, so he asked, um, "Have you missed the trail?" No, he said first he asked, "How what changes do we notice?" Yeah, right. You know, I've been thinking about this, and I don't want to dodge the question, but I don't notice a lot of changes. I think it's hard to notice because we're with our families with each other day in and day out, so. I almost feel like in some ways the people that watch the videos could see it better than us. Um, I believe the changes are there, but some of them might even just be internal, you know? Like, yeah, we changed, but you know what? I mean, we change every day anyways. Yeah. So that's what is a little bit hard to answer because people grow. We grew a ton. Yeah. But that was it was also just six months of our life, which for Rainier was, you know, almost 25% of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do feel like I was trying to think of, like, do I know my kids better because I was with them in that capacity? I think we do. I yeah. do. <coughs> and that's, I so too, that, but... that's more where I was going to go with it was, you know, I don't know if we set out to, like, change anyone or anything. Not that that's what you're implying, but... I think part of me used to think that way, like, oh, we're going to be different and stronger. And, um, or this like radical change. Yeah. And that has happened in some of our trips. But, Mm -hmm. but really, what I, when I look back on the trip, I look at how much we were able to just enjoy our children. Hmm. And that's, that's what I miss. And that's what was so unique about this time period. Yeah. More than like just an end result. It was we with this decision we bought ourselves 161 days mm-hmm. of being with our kids. That with, yeah, without all the distractions of normal life. Yeah, and that changed the way I saw my kids. I know mm-hmm. that. I in in the regular world, it's a struggle for me to prioritize them. Mm-hmm. Like. Every day I have to make a decision, whether it's Netflix or kids or Instagram or kids mm-hmm. or, um, you know, work or something. But out there, it was just like the decision was made for me. So I could just I had just had energy to enjoy them. Yeah. So I don't know how that changed me, except for I see my kids differently. And I really appreciate that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And was there another question? Well, oh, yeah. Do you miss the trail? I don't miss the trail, but I miss the time with the kids. Hmm. It's something I think about all the time. Since we've been back, it's it's once again challenging. I feel like I don't know my kids anymore almost right away. Like, you know, we went to camp 
and then right from that to cousin's house. And I felt like I went three weeks without even seeing my kids. Yeah. I mean, that's how it felt relative to the amount of time we had on trail. So I don't miss the trail, but I miss what the trail provided for our family. Yeah, I think I think that's true for me, too. Hmm. All right. Hi, Ben and Cammie. My name is Kate, and I'm in Queensland, Australia. My question is, in what ways do you think you would or could embed the principles and concepts of Fight for Together into your everyday life if you still had to work and send the kids to school? For context, I'm asking this question as a married 30-something-year-old woman who has two kids aged four and almost seven. I work full-time in a job I enjoy, and I'm also studying part-time for an MBA. Life's pretty full-on, um, but it's a good life. But I do worry about time passing and suddenly realizing that we neglected us for everything else that goes on. Thanks, guys. I'm really looking forward to your podcast. Bye. Man, I picked that question just for her accent. I know. That was amazing. Such a beautiful accent. She has. She should be like on our show <laughs> instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so she That's was a asking. Good that is a great question. I yeah, I think even just by the nature of our family, a lot of our the structure of our family, a lot of people can feel like, well, I can't relate to you because I don't homeschool my kids. I don't have six kids. You know, I work outside of the home. So I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, that that is really important. And ultimately, our goal is not to convert people to start taking six months off and hiking trails with their kids. Yeah. I think that's just like a kind of a crazy example or of what's homes- possible. Or homeschooling their kids. Or homeschooling. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, for, for me, there's kind of like two ways I think of that decision that needs to happen. One is in the micro scale and one is on the macro scale. So the macro scale, these are the things where we determine uh, like the big decisions in our life. So for example, homeschooling is one of those. Like we decided to homeschool not because we were afraid of public schools or not because uh, we were thought we could academically provide a better environment, although maybe we can, but because we actually thought the relationship should be the primary decision through which we filter academics. So that's just one example, but there's a million others in people's lives, like when they're making the decision to put their kids on a sports team. Mm -hmm. Because putting your kids on a sports team, it seems like an easy thing and a no-brainer, but you're talking about a ton of stress and a ton of individual time with children away from the family. That takes over nights, uh, evenings, weekends, Mm-hmm. Those are huge decisions that anyone can make. And we did, those were very hard decisions for our family. Even as a homeschooling, adventuring family was when Seven decided to do baseball, you know, we're like just doing the math. And with one, two, three, four, five, six kids, if we have six kids doing six different sports, you know, maybe they're getting scholarships or something, best case scenario. But our family is not together nights and weekends for 15 years. Right. And we decide that wasn't worth it. Yeah. So there's that type of decision. And then there's just the small decisions, which I consider those like the week in, week out decisions. Like, how do we spend our Saturday? Mm-hmm. Do, yeah. we, do we spend it? <clears throat> or do we buy an iPad? Mm-hmm. Or do we have a video game system? Or when we watch movies, do we do it as a family? Or do we do it on three different TVs in the house? So fight for together... The thing I like about the phrase is it's not fight for homeschool. 
right or fight for hiking the Appalachian Trail mm-hmm. it is just kind of a mindset of looking at the things in our life and I think like technology and a lot of the tools we have while they are more convenient and more entertaining they actually create more individuality yeah and I think the time that you do have together um, I think if you can be more intentional about that time uh, just you know just kind of get together and and brainstorm ideas of how can I make how can we make this time more intentional um, so that we're not apart when we're together? I mean, because you can be in the same room and we know we're all just staring at our phones or which is fine. I mean, that, that can happen. But or, you know, you can be more intentional and say, OK, we're going to do this from this time to this time and it's going to promote uh, more family togetherness. Yeah, I think that's a good example. I think creating sacred space that facilitates togetherness is a great place to start whether it's like for us our Shabbat that's our Friday Saturday that's our sacred space Mm -hmm. but also I would say dinner times are sacred space for us where we sit down as a family we have a starting time we have an ending time and we're always all there sometimes with grandparents Mm -hmm. and you know there's no phones uh, there's no TVs Mm -hmm. and I think people can start looking for those opportunities just to prioritize those things. Yeah, and there's been times in our lives that we would take the kids on individual dates. You and I would. But yeah. All right. Well, that is all for today. Yay. And we are really thankful that you guys are... Listening, I hope you found this yeah. helpful. I don't know if there's a way people can leave comments or not. I don't, I don't understand podcasts, uh, but hopefully you're finding it uh, valuable. If you want to leave a question for a future episode, you can do so on the Anchor app. So you have to go to the App Store and you have to download the Anchor thing, and it's like free, but you have to sign up for an account. So that's kind of a pain. But it only takes a minute or two, and then you type in Fight for Together, and then you can like click a button that says Record Message. And you have up until a minute to do and that. And even if you don't have an Australian <coughs> accent, we still want to hear your questions. Yeah, but especially if you have an Australian <laughs> accent, we'll, we'll answer all questions, answer all questions uh, from that type. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for yeah, listening. Thank uh, you. This podcast was sponsored by the Fight for Together vlog, where you can watch high quality content. Yep. Uh, Subscribe if you want. <laughs> Uh, but not to the podcast because we're still working on it. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time. You can still subscribe to the podcast.